Welcome to Healing Place Church, where our mission is to be a healing place for a hurting world. Listen each week for updated content and be sure to share with your friends. We hope this podcast is a blessing and a resource to you as you pursue God daily. If you have your Bibles, turn to the book of 2 Thessalonians. 2 Thessalonians. You say, Pastor, where is that? It's right after 1 Thessalonians. Thank you, Pastor. Uh, we are in the second week of a four-part series called Grow. Somebody say, Grow. And how many of you were here last week, and you had a chance to hear from all day David Ray? Come on, did he preach the paint off the walls? Oh, man, what a strong word. I told him this past week, I said, David, listen, if, if somebody needs something sandblasted or a piece of furniture stripped, they just need to call you up and say, come preach to this right here. And, man, I mean... It's just stripping it down, man. He's preaching paint off walls. Such a great word and baptizing so many people across our campuses. You know, life transformation is what this is all about. We don't come to church out of ritual or out of routine, but we come to meet with God. And when Jesus is here, anything can happen. Come on, somebody say, Jesus is here. Say anything can happen. Turn your neighbor and say, I hope it happens to you. I want to teach you out of 2 Thessalonians today. And David really introduced this idea last week. He talks about, he, he told us how God wants us to grow. Do you know that God not only wants you to grow, but he expects you to grow? I want you to know that. Maybe you're new to faith, or maybe you just said yes to the Lord, or you're still kind of trying to figure all of this thing out. Uh, the, the Bible, Scripture is clear on God's desire not only for us to grow, but his expectation. Now, this morning, I may step on some toes. Is that all right? Is it okay for pastor to get in your grill today? Wait a second, pastor. I thought you were here to comfort me and encourage me. I'm going to challenge you a little bit today. I'm smiling. I thought about, and we'll get to 2 Thessalonians in just a moment, but I thought about the gospel of Matthew and Mark. Scripture tells us how Jesus went to the fig tree because he was hungry. Isn't that an interesting thought that Jesus had a hunger? There was a desire, a craving, a physical hunger inside of our Lord Jesus. I think there's also a spiritual craving that our Lord has as well. The Bible says that Jesus was hungry, so he went to a fig tree expecting figs. The Bible tells us that fig tree was in full leaf. So he went with the expectation that figs were growing on that tree. But when he looked closer, he didn't see anything but leaves. I mean, you know, sometimes people, people can be all leaves and no fruit. Mm, come on now. All talk, no action. Have the appearance of, but not the substance of. Bible says Jesus was disappointed because the fig tree wasn't producing figs. Listen, if you're a fig tree, you better be fruitful. I think God has an expectation for us as believers if we are in Christ. Somebody say, in Christ. He wants us to bear fruits. I thought about the, the parable that Jesus told in Matthew 25, the, the parable of the talents. How many of you, you're familiar with that story? The, the parable of the talents. See, the master was going away on a long journey, and he gave three servants different amounts of talents. He gave five talents to one, 
two talents to another, and then he gave one talent to the third, all based on their capacity. He went away on a long trip, and then when he came back, he called those servants to give an account of what they had done with what belonged to him. Now, what's interesting is that talent is the equivalent. One talent was the equivalent of 16 years' wages. I want you to know that what God has entrusted to you, it's not cheap. It's not common. Don't devalue the gift of God inside of you. He goes to the five-talent servant, and he says, what did you do with what I gave you? And he says, well, I immediately went to work, and, and I, I, I invested it. I doubled it. Come on, somebody say double. I believe God wants to give some of you double. I believe that today is a day of double. Today is a day of increase for you. God's going to stretch you. He's going to enlarge you. He's going to bless you with double if you're faithful with what you've been given. The two-talent servant had the same report. I was faithful with what you've given me. I invested it. Look, two became four. Somebody say double. But then that one-talent servant, he said, oh, I knew you were a harsh master. You see, he thought he knew the master, but he didn't. Interesting, one talent is worth 16 years' wages. Doesn't sound harsh to me. It sounds pretty gracious. It sounds pretty generous. I knew you were a harsh master, so I just took it and I buried it. And look, I'm going to give it back to you here. I'm giving you back exactly what you gave me. What did the master say? You wicked and lazy servant. That seems pretty harsh, doesn't it? Wicked and lazy Lord, does the, does the punishment match the crime? I mean, it's not like he really didn't, he didn't do anything bad, did he? Here's the problem. It's not that he did something bad. It's that he did nothing at all. And I think God wants to challenge us in this series to be responsible with what God has entrusted to us. Now, I want to teach you out of a single verse of Scripture in 2 Thessalonians chapter 1. And I think this is going to help give us a roadmap. Some of you that are following along, if you have the, the app, you can pull up the notes and you'll see the direction, the roadmap of our time together today. But let me give you some context of what's happening here in Thessalonians. The church at this time was under serious persecution. The culture around them was, was attacking them and trying to destroy them. And so Paul writes these two letters, First and Second Thessalonians, trying to encourage the church to keep their eyes on Jesus. Now, I think there's a lot of parallels between what was happening then and what's happening in the earth today. Can I have a good amen? The church feels like it's under attack. There's cultural wars. There's a lot of hostility and divisiveness. And when you're under attack, it's easy to focus on your attacker rather than your deliverer. The apostle Paul was trying to encourage the church to lift up their eyes because the struggle of today is not just for today. Now, let me say that again. The struggle that you're working through right now, it's today, but it's not just for today. God's trying to develop and grow and build something in you. And so Paul is writing this letter telling them to set your eyes on who is coming for you instead of what's coming against you. Can I have a good amen? Read this with me, 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 11. And Paul says, to this end, considering all that's happening around you and the power of God inside of you, in your current struggle, to this end, we always pray for you. 
We pray that our God may make you worthy of his calling. Somebody say worthy. And that he may fulfill every resolve. Somebody say every resolve. For good and every work of faith by his power. Can you say by his power? You see, the temptation in persecution is to shrink back. But what Paul is telling the church in Thessalonians is to move forward by his power. Now, in the single scripture, I think we have a roadmap. We've got a formula for growth. And that's what I want to talk to you about today. The title of the message today is simply this, the formula for growth. I want to give you a formula, all right? And I think we find it in this single verse. There's three thoughts that are, are very powerful. The combination of these thoughts produce this thing called growth that God expects from each one of us. If you're taking notes, write down that phrase, our resolve, our resolve. He says, to this end, we always pray for you, that our God may make you worthy of his calling and may fulfill every resolve for good. Our resolve. Here's the, the first part of this simple formula, okay? I'm into simple math. How many of you, you, you appreciate just simple, basic math? I'm not going to give you a quadratic equation today. Negative B plus or minus the square root of B squared minus 4AC all over 2A. Come on. How many of you recognize that? I, I was a mathematical computing major in college, but I'm going to give you just the simple business math today, all right? A plus B equals C. If you're taking notes, write down the first, the first variable in this equation is the word grit. Grit, okay? Somebody say grit. Now, I'm not saying grits. Some of you are hoping it was grits. Some of you are thinking about salt and butter right now. A little cheese. Come on, somebody. Crunched up bacon bits. Mmm, hum at me today. What is grit? Now, I didn't say what are grits, but when I say grit, what am I talking about? There's this equation here that I think this single verse is going to help us as it relates to growth. It takes grit. It takes some passion and some perseverance. Come on, somebody say passion. That's, that's a want to. That's a fire. That's a, a drive, a desire in your belly. It takes passion, and it takes some perseverance. That's a stick to itness. That's a not giving up when it gets tough. It's both hustle and heart. Grit is what will allow the believer to grow in times of crisis. I believe God's put an element of grit inside of every believer's heart. There's the ability to withstand difficulty and opposition. In fact, there's a couple of words associated with that, and I want you to jot this down somewhere as you're taking notes. Write down the word demanding, and then write down the word expanding. Okay, somebody say demanding. Say expanding. There's a powerful kingdom concept here that the Lord wants us to understand when it comes to grit. Sometimes God will allow you to go through demanding situations to expand your capacity. Can I say that again? Because this is speaking right where some of you live. Some of you right now are in a season that is so demanding. It's tough. 
uh, you're in a situation, you're in circumstances that maybe are bigger than you are. Uh, maybe you feel powerless up against. Maybe you're being stretched. Come on, somebody say stretch. God may be stretching some of you by placing you in a demanding situation. But the way that the kingdom works is this. When the Lord guides you through a demanding season, what he's doing is expanding your capacity. Some of us have prayed, Lord, just grow me. God, I want to grow this year. How many have ever prayed that? Some of you are afraid to pray that prayer, aren't you? Because you know what comes with growth. Growing pains. Come on now, talk to me. Talk to me. Lord, I, I want to grow this. Enlarge my influence. Enlarge my territory. Come on, the prayer of Jabez. We prayed that before. Lord, just enlarge my... This year, God, I believe you're bringing increase. God, I thank you for influence. God, I thank you for abundance. Lord, grow me this year. And God brings you through a demanding situation so he can answer the prayer that you've been praying. I said, Pastor, is that really an answer to my prayer? Some of you thinking, man, I need to start praying new prayers. Demanding and expanding go together. How many of you want God to enlarge your influence? See, some of you are afraid to raise your hands right now. I don't know what I'm asking for. Listen, if you want to grow, God's going to stretch you. Rachel sent me to uh, her sister's house, my, my sister-in-law, Kim, th this past week because Kim had a, a dozen eggs that uh, she wanted me to pick up. So I rolled over to Kim's house. How many of eggs are a hot commodity right now? Somebody said, free eggs. I'm jumping in a truck. I'm rolling. Man, let's go. So I pull up late one night. It was, I think it was Monday, Tuesday, maybe Monday night this past week. Roll up in there, and she's got these eggs. And, and so I said, hey, how you doing? And now listen, she and her husband, Brandon and Kimberly, they, have, they had six kids in seven years. Somebody say demanding. <laughs> I asked Brandon, I'm like, Brandon, man, you got all those kids. You must really love kids. Why you got all those kids? You love kids? He said, no, I love my wife. <laughs> okay. All right, that's how they get here. You're right. <laughs> Six kids in seven years. And so I pull up and she gives me the eggs. Hey, wh wh what are you doing? How you been this week? Because her husband's been away on business for the last two and a half weeks. He's been, been in California. <laughs> and she's there with six kids. She said, well, you know, t today I pressure washed the house. Can you tell? I pressure washed the driveway. I built a, a fence for the chickens in the back. I hung a shelf all by myself. I plunged a toilet that got clogged. Um, I've been dog-sitting for the neighbor. Not only have I been caring for my six kids, but I've been watching three kids for our friends. What have you been doing today? I was like, hey, here's your eggs back. You, you need these eggs more than I do. I left that conversation thinking, sometimes you don't know what you can do until you have to. Come on, mamas, talk to me. Anybody? If you're being stretched right now, God's trying to show you a little bit about the potential he's put inside of you. We complain when we think that we can't, but God knows better. He knows our ability. He knows our capacity. And so sometimes he will guide you through situations that will stretch. Come on, somebody. 
You're being stretched right now. God's trying to grow you. And growing doesn't always come without growing pains. I see Ken Falgu here today. Ken is one of our trainers. He's he's my trainer at the gym. Today is Ken's birthday. Come on, ladies and gentlemen. Show your love, Ken, in the house. I love this guy. He's the most physically fit human being I have ever met. In fact, you know, he's kind of one of those guys that you look at and say, oh, so that's what... That's what reaching your full potential actually looks like. But as much as I love Ken, I'll tell you one thing I've learned about him. He cannot count. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Those personal trainers. Look, look, I'm on like rep eight. I'm counting, okay? When we go in for 10 reps, I'm counting everyone. I get to rep eight, and he's like, three, four, five. I'm like, oh, no, you did not. You ain't robbing me from those reps. Come on, somebody. But see, Ken saying, listen, I know you got more in you than what you realize. You see, the God who created you, the Lord who loves you, is going to put some demanding circumstances on your life because he knows what's in you. And he's going to encourage you and challenge you to do more than you thought was possible. Come on, somebody say grit. This is every resolve, the Scripture says, that God is going to give us the the, the ability to walk in the fullness of our capacity, but it's going to take some grit. It's going to take some discipline. Somebody say discipline. Why is discipline important? Think about this, church. Are we disciples of Jesus? The word discipline and disciple are the same. Can we really be disciples if we don't embrace disciplines? Paul said it this way to Timothy, 1 Timothy 4, 7. He says, do not waste time arguing over godless ideas and old wives' tales. I'm telling you, this is probably a good verse for social media use today. Don't waste time arguing over godless ideas and old wives' tales. Instead, Train yourself to be godly. Come on, this is some cross training. Talk to me. A little training in the cross. He says, train yourselves to be godly. Physical training is good, but training for godliness is much better. Why? Because it promises benefits not just in this life, but also in the life to come. And over the next two weeks, we're going to look at what good training and good nutrition and and how to, to, to bulk up our spirit, what growth in the spirit actually looks like. Somebody say grit. Now look at what it says here. Let's go back to this verse, 2 Thessalonians 1.11. To this end, we always pray for you that our God make you worthy of his calling and may fulfill every result. That's grit. The the grit, the perseverance, the stick-to-itness. Every resolve for good and every work of faith by his power. Now, now, first, we're talking about grit. Now, we are talking about grace. Notice what the scripture says here. It's not just our resolve, but it's God's power. Number two, write that down. God's power. You see, I don't want to create this mentality that says, if you're going to grow, then it's all up to you. 
Or I don't want to equally say, if you're going to grow, it's all up to God. Can I tell you, it takes both. It takes not only your grit and your commitment and your discipline and your drive, but it also takes his grace. It also takes the touch of the divine. It's impossible for us to grow without the help of the Holy Spirit. Can I have a good amen? You see, we partner with the power of God. We can't sit back and blame God and say, well, God hasn't grown me. And we can't say that it's all up to me. What we say is, I have to do my part, and then I trust God to do his. You see, the power for transformation, you don't have the ability to change yourself. The most frustrating thing in the world is trying to do something that you have no control over. But you can position yourself. You can work with God. I'm I'm telling you this. I have discovered that God will often require our cooperation in our transformation. Let me say that again. The Lord oftentimes will require your participation in your own transformation. Notice whenever Jesus healed the man with the withered hand. You remember that story? The man had a a crippled and withered hand. What did Jesus say? He said, show me your hands. He required something as small as it was. He said, extend forth your hand. And the man had to cooperate with God for his healing. Remember the lepers, the 10 lepers that Jesus healed? Luke 17. What, What did he tell them? He says, Go show yourselves to the priests. And so the Bible says, as they went, they were healed. He didn't just heal them on the spot. He required something of them. Now, the withered hand, the healed physical bodies, Jesus is the source of healing, but he required their cooperation. Remember when Jesus turned the water into wine? How many remembers that in John chapter 2? Oh, yeah. I had a few roommates in college that would... Pray for that gift. Oh, just the ability to turn water to wine. Oh, man, yeah, we we were praying. I was praying for them, but I wasn't praying for that gift. What did Jesus ask the servants of the wedding to do? Go fill those pots with water. Now, Jesus could have chosen however he wanted to to do the miracle, but he required their participation. Every time God did a miracle in the Bible, It was because somebody believed and cooperated, believed and cooperated. You see, it takes both grit and grace. Can I have a good amen? Amen. Yesterday, uh, Trevor and I went to the LSU spring game, and uh, man, he just got that football fever. He's like, Dad, let's go go check out the Tigers. Let's go see him play. We're up in Tiger Stadium, man, beautiful day. I just, just to inform you, I just want you to know, in case you didn't hear the results, LSU won. Okay, they, they, they won. It's interesting, though. There's some, uh, some play, and I'm going to use a football analogy, so this may help some. Some of you may not understand this one, but somebody can explain it to you later. All right, so when, when you're in short yardage formation, and if it's like fourth down and inches, have you seen those plays where the quarterback is under center, and then there's like these, this, this huge lineman. It looks like he, he, he should be on the front line, but they got him in the backfield, all right? In fact, they got two of these big linemen 
in the backfield. The quarterback will call a quarterback sneak. They'll hike the ball to him, and he'll move forward. But he can't get forward too far. He may be, what, 6'2", 200 pounds. You got 400-pound linemen in front of you. There's no way in his own strength he can make the first down. But it's called the push play. These big linemen in the backfield come up behind the quarterback, and they push him forward. You know, that's the kind of analogy that I see when I read this verse is, you know, we have the responsibility to hang on to the ball. Man, God is, he's entrusted us with something. Come on now. There's a gift. There's a talent. There's an ability. There's a kingdom potential that he's given you to steward well. Don't drop the ball. Come on now. Hold on to that thing. But in your own strength, you're not going to be able to move forward. You're going to need somebody behind you pushing you. And this is where the help of the Holy Spirit comes in. Some of you as parents, you're wrestling with things, you know, regarding your children, and you feel like, I can't move forward. The Holy Spirit is behind you, pushing you. He's going to give you the strength that you need, even when you are met by opposition. Come on, talk to me today. The Holy Spirit is the agent of change that pushes us forward. Here's what Paul said in 1 Corinthians 3. He says, verse 6, I planted the seed in your hearts, and Apollos watered it, but it was God who made it grow. Did you hear what he said? Note that this is the perfect picture of the culmination of both grit and grace. Paul said, hey, I've planted. How many know it takes work to plant seeds? You got to get in there and sweat. It takes some grit and some grind. I've planted. Apollos has watered, but who gave the increase? It was God. It's God that causes growth. Now, here's been my prayer for you and my prayer for our church, that you would, experience, you would grow in your experience with God. You say, Mike, grow in what? What are we talking about here? My prayer is that you would grow in your experience with God. Your intimacy with God will determine your capacity for God. My prayer is that when you come to church on a Sunday, that you encounter the presence of the Almighty. Listen, if we're just going through the motions and checking boxes, we walk out of here unchanged. And in fact, our hearts maybe even become hardened to the very gospel God's trying to give us. Man, I pray that you grow in your experience of his presence We sang about that this morning, experiencing God. You need all of God that you can get. And I pray that God would enlarge your capacity not only to experience him, but to express him to those around you. I pray that you grow in your maturity and in your understanding of God's word. I want to teach you and instruct you by the scriptures Listen to me, church. I am bound by this book to give you God's word. My my responsibility to you is to invest this in your soul. This is what will anchor you. We'll talk more about that next week. But when it comes to growing, it's impossible to grow without the grit and the grind in God's word. I want you to grow in your ability to experience God and your understanding of his word. I want you to grow in the fruit of the spirit. I want you to be fruitful. How many of you could use more love in your life? What about joy? Anybody need some joy? Oh man, Peace, come on, talk to me. The fruit of the spirit, love, 
joy, peace. How about patience? Anybody need patience? Don't pray for patience. <laughs> Ooh, God will give you a chance to walk in patience. Pray for fruit. Lord, give me the fruit of the Spirit. Here's what's interesting. Mark chapter 4, verse 26, Jesus also said, the kingdom of God is like a farmer who scatters seed on the ground. Night and day, while he's asleep or awake, the seed sprouts and grows. But he does not understand how it happens. That's grace. See, grit is our commitment and our perseverance. But grace is the touch of the supernatural. Where would we be without the grace of God? The farmer does his part. He plows and he plants. But he doesn't understand. I mean, consider this. The seed, when a farmer plants seed, he puts it in the ground. Watch this. Seed does its work in a realm that you can't observe. Watch this. And if you've ever had, how many have a garden? How many of you don't have a garden and you would kill everything that you would try to grow? That's me. That's me. If you're going to plant a seed in the ground, you got to leave it there. There's something that happens underneath the, the surface of the soil. This is where the supernatural help of God comes in. You, you, you don't know how it happens, but man, you can see the results of it. Now, let me just say this. Some of you have sown seeds of faith, but you're not seeing any results. Don't go digging up the seed. Keep it planted. Keep it buried. Water that seed with prayer. Stand firm on God's promises. Lord, I don't see anything happening, but I trust you. God, I don't feel anything changing, but I trust you. Don't dig up in doubt what you have buried in faith. You buried that thing in the ground, trusting God, saying, Lord, I believe. You've got to wait for God to put a grace on that thing because, watch this, the seed, the tiniest little seed, think about it, the, 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 the dirt outweighs the seed by a thousand pounds, but there's so much power in the life of that seed that it's going to spring forth out of the ground in due season. Can you put your hands together today? Let me wrap this up. To this end, Paul said, we always pray for you that our God may make you worthy of his calling and may fulfill every resolve for good and every work of faith by his power. Now, here's the result. Somebody say grit. grit. Say grace. grace. Say growth. This is the result of our cooperation with God. Lord, we do our part and we trust you to do your part. Now, here's, here's the challenge I want to leave you with today. Because God, I am so convinced of this. Ooh, the, the, I can't tell you how, how happy my heart is on the inside based on what I see God doing through our church. There's a reason why we're, we're doing this series in this season. You know why? Because God is preparing us for unprecedented growth. He is. I'm telling you, HPC is about to hit a growth spurt like you haven't seen. I can see it bubbling up in pockets already. I mean, we, we were at a men's retreat just this weekend, had about 30 guys. Goodness, that environment was just charged. I thought, Lord, I see you. 
I see what you're doing. Oh, God, I'm not discouraged. Man, I'm not going to listen to the news and be all depressed. God, you are on the move, and you're going to use HPC to make a difference. It's happening. Now, here's my challenge to you. You won't walk in the fullness of everything God has for you by remaining who you are today. Can I say that? God has some big things in front of you. So he's got to enlarge your capacity. He's got to stretch you to get you ready. Remember the first time my dad let me drive his car. Very first time. That's a big moment for a parent. Can I have an amen? Oh, man, I can see my mom and dad were standing at the door. They were nervous. My dad drove a 1968 Plymouth Fury Three. Oh, yeah. This is the, 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 the car that he dated my mom in. When he gave me the keys, and the very first time, I had my license, but this is the first time I was getting to drive all by myself. Back that car out of the driveway, looked at my parents. Man, my mom was so nervous, I could tell she was praying under her breath. Famous last words, be careful, son. Oh, I will. It's all good. Ten and two. Yeah, I'm, I'm uh, speed limits, checking blind spots. Love you got around the corner, and I noticed for the first time on that speedometer, it said that car could go 140 miles an hour. I'm thinking, Dad, you've been holding out on us. I thought this little putt-putt, you know, man, this Plymouth Fury 3 can roll. So when I got out of sight, I said, hmm, let's see what this bad boy can do. Man, and I punched it. It, it took me, I went from zero to 60 in about three minutes, okay? It took me a while, and it hit 60 miles an hour, and that thing just started to shake. The whole thing's shaking. I'm thinking, I realize now why Dad went so slow. It said it could go 140, but it could only operate at 60 miles an hour. Listen, don't die at 60 miles an hour if God created you to do 140. Thank you for listening. Take a moment and subscribe so you can become a part of the community here and stay up to date with what is happening at Healing Place Church. For more information about HPC, visit healingplacechurch.org.